Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 Light Beamers and listeners of the Inside Story podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm April Adams Pertwee. I have snuggled up to the microphone today in my comfy chair got a big glass of water with some vitamin C in it, keeping my immune system going. And today's going to be a fun day. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I have enjoyed preparing for it. Because today, this is listener's choice. And a few months ago, I don't even know if it was a month, a few months ago, maybe a month ago, I posed a question into the Light Beamers community where so many of you hang out and and are in conversation with me on a regular basis. And I was just asking like, hey, I'm recording some episodes for the podcast coming up, some solo episodes. What would you like to know? Is there anything in particular you'd love for me to to cover? And I got some really great responses. I got some great questions. I got some great prompts to consider. And I thought, man, instead of building them out into individual episodes, this would just be really fun to make one episode all about these questions. So it's kind of going to be a hodgepodge. We're going to jump around a lot. We cover questions about self-care to business to just experience sort of what I've learned along the way. Just it really does run the gamut. But my hope is that in answering these questions, it will provide some sort of insight that will be helpful to you. So I'm going to start with what I thought was one of uh, a really thought-provoking question that I think is a good question for you to ask yourself as well. Um, And that is for you to really think out into the future, which is hard for us to do sometimes, but I want you to think out into the future 10 years, which is really hard to do sometimes because I know for me, uh, sometimes I have a hard time thinking about tomorrow. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to get through today over here, people. But really, it is a great exercise for um, all of us to sit down and really think about where are we headed? Where do we want to be? What are some of our big goals? And in an ideal world, What is it going to look like for us 10 years from now? Kimberly Smith asked, where do you want to be in 10 years? And so what a great question that is. Um, If I look out 10 years from where I am today, there's a variety of things that I see. Number one, I will be in my dream home, which really includes acreage. I want to be out on land. I want to have room to roam with a pool 
for relaxation. It's hot here in Texas. So we really, we love our pools. Um, and I just want to create that oasis. And so we are actually actively looking for that now. We've um, been in the process of trying to build a house, but it has not gone well. Um, we have had a lot of complications with that. And it's actually a project that we have recently bailed on because of COVID and many uh, delays with the builder. We are now redirecting our focus elsewhere. And so we're going back to that vision of having this house with acreage. And I know 10 years from now, um, I will be in that house. I might be in that house six months from now or a year from now, but I know in 10 years from now, I will be in that house. And so I look forward to that. And that's where I see myself in 10 years. I also know that I will be actively running retreats and events, um, especially events that help host author and speakers. Um, we already do this at Light Beamers with our uh, storytelling symposium. It's an event that we have every year that is a speaking event. Um, and we obviously have guests and, that come to that event, uh, people who participate in that event as uh, as an audience member to really listen to other women share their story. It's a beautiful event. And I absolutely see me still running those 10 years from now. I actually hope to be running those in a variety of locations across the country. So far, we have always held that event in Dallas, Texas. But I really love the idea of being able to expand that event with ease to other major cities across the United States. So 10 years from now, absolutely, that's going to be happening. We will be having our storytelling symposiums um, in different cities across the country, as well as adding in author events. I recently launched a program called the Light Beamers Author Program. We are currently writing a book, a multi-author um, collaboration book with myself and 14 other women from our community. I'm super excited about that. And I just know that is just the beginning of the type of author events that we are going to be hosting at Light Beamers. So I look forward in 10 years to also have uh, created those things and added to those things in the, in the world of Light Beamers. Outside of Light Beamers, um, my goodness, my children in 10 years will be graduating college or, um, or almost graduating college. And so that would just be a whole different phase of life for myself and my husband. And I know that we will be, you know, truly empty nesters at that point. So I really look forward to a lot of travel. I know we travel a lot now, but we travel a lot as a family unit. And I know that travel at that stage, 10 years from now, it's probably going to be a lot more of just my husband and I. And while I will miss traveling with the kids, I know that I'll be celebrating where they are in their life as young adults and starting their own lives and careers and things like that. So I look forward to seeing what sort of adventures my husband and I can explore together 10 years from now. And, um, you know, those are the big things that I look forward to. I look forward to the space that I create in my home the little private oasis, the, the, the time that I have sort of tucked away inside those doors, nurturing myself. I can be quite a little introvert when I'm home, which is shocking to a lot of people. But when I'm home, I like to nest. I'm a big nester. 
Um, and so I also love traveling. So I look forward to doing that. Like I said, with my husband and of course, light beamers and, and running this, this company and this business and helping other people elevate their voice and expand their voice and share their story will continue to be front and center in my world. So I love that question, Kimberly. Thank you so much for asking that. And, um, to you listener, I encourage you to ask that question of yourself as well, because it's a fun one to explore and really push yourself to think big. Okay. Our next question comes from Leanne Smith, who also has been on the podcast. Um, she's an amazing community member. I will link up her episode as well. Um, and she said, here are some interesting topics that I would love your take on. The first one is you are your most important asset, invest in it well. And so I could not agree more that we, our personal person, right? Like me, myself, April, I am my most important asset and I need to invest in that. And I do invest in that. And I'll share with you how I do that. But I also want to say, I think that this is something that I did not always know or that I did not always appreciate. I know as a woman, I have fallen into the trap, um, before (laughs) of giving to others to the expense of taking from myself. And I know that so many women can relate to that. Like we nurture, 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 and we give to others and give to others so much that we leave ourselves off the plate altogether. And it's kind of that whole oxygen mask theory when you're on the plane, you know, put yours on first, then take care of your child. We as women tend to not do that. We always take care of the children first and then we put on our own oxygen mask. And it just really doesn't work that way. It does not. That's not the best way to thrive. Um, And as I have gotten older and the more that I've experienced things in life, I definitely can appreciate how true that statement is from Leanne that we are our most important asset. And I will tell you that I, I definitely had that message hit home to me this past year um, when I contracted COVID and I was quite sick. Now, thankfully, I was not in the hospital with COVID and I'm very, very grateful for that. However, at home, um, dealing with that with that virus, I was extremely ill and it took a lot for me to to get over that that experience and anyone out there that's had COVID, I'm sure you you can relate. But um, one of the things that I really gleaned from that experience was how incredibly important my health was. Like I, I didn't think that I was taking it for granted, but when I got COVID, man, did it expose areas of my health that I desperately needed to work on. And so I definitely have been in a, a major recommitment mode of investing in my health as part of investing in my asset, is myself as the most important asset. So, you know, I invest now in um, workout programs, fitness programs, health and nutrition. I buy really quality food. I take time to make good meals. I, you know, spend time on uh, and block the time on my calendar for me to invest in my, in my fitness and in my health, whether that's taking walks or doing a boot camp or whatever it may be, the things that I love to do. I also, um, have invested by getting monthly massages. So one of the ways that I have, um, 
you know, try to fix that is by booking them in advance so that they are already on my calendar. And the massage place that I go to is really good about making sure I have my next appointments set before leaving my last appointment. So they're really good about helping me um, stay on track. Um, And I also set really important soul nourishment time um, on my calendar. So, you know, blocking time off to go have lunch with a girlfriend or blocking time off to have a date with my husband. You know, those, those are things that are really nourishing to my soul and that plays a role in my mental health and my well-being. Um, the other thing that I do that I think is super important is I've created a really strict uh, nightly routine. Uh, I take a, a hot Epsom salt bath just about every night, probably five to six nights a week. I definitely, I'm taking a bath before I go to bed. Lavender, all those essential oils, those things are the things that I use. I often am drinking a, um, uh, it's not a chamomile tea, but you could do a chamomile tea or some sort of calming tea. Um, I do a kava tea. I really love kava but it's basically a calming tea. So I usually will drink some tea uh, before going to bed. And I try to do some sort of activity that just decompresses my brain, whether that be reading a book or playing a little game or sitting in meditation, listening to a guided meditation, or just sitting in time of prayer and reflection, journaling, any of those things help me kind of turn my brain off from the day and really prepare me for really, really good sleep. Now, sleep is something that I do not take for granted. I make sleep a major priority. So that is just a few ways in how I invest in myself personally, um, things that I do. Now, obviously, taking breaks like vacations are also a big part of that. You know, I don't work 52 weeks a year. I make sure I'm taking time off. I'm, you know, decompressing that way also. Um, And then even how this bleeds over into my personal growth, into my business, is that I also invest in coaching and mentors who challenge me to, you know, think bigger and see things from a different perspective and, you know, try new things in my business. Those are also ways that I really invest in me. I mean, it would be easy to say it's an investment in my business, but truly it's an investment in me because it is pushing me to perform at my highest level. So I love that question, that topic of, of, you know, how do we invest in ourselves if we are our most important asset? Once again, a really great question for you to ask yourself, you know, how are you taking care of you and how does that play out in all areas of your life, both your family and your relationships, your personal um, soul's nourishment, your health, your well-being, your your career development, all of that. It, it's really a fun one to think about and answer. So thank you, Leanne, for that question. Leanne also sent in another great question, which is, what are the boundaries that have allowed you to level up? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question because boundaries are so important. And honestly, if you don't have boundaries in place, I think it's really, really hard to push yourself to the next level because um, my coach now calls these leaky containers. We call them containers. Um, And I've gotten used to calling them containers because I really like, I like that word container. And if you don't have boundaries in place, then your containers are just going to leak. So it's like having 
a jug with a whole bunch of holes in it and you pour water into the jug and that water just runs out all of the holes, right? And so if you don't have strong boundaries in place, it makes it really hard for you to fill up that jug. You can't up level. You can't go to the next level if you don't shore up all of your boundaries and containers. So one way that that I do that is I obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious. It's obvious to me. I don't know if it's obvious to anyone listening, but one of the ways that I do that is through my calendar. This last couple of years, I switched over to Google Calendar and I committed to the process of using it. And anything that I'm doing in my in my 24-hour day, I'm putting it on my calendar. I am reserving the time or I'm planning, right? Like if I know I need to block off time so that I can get a project done or um, any of those types of things, I'm also putting that on the calendar. I am creating space, physically creating space by blocking off the time on my calendar. So my calendar has become um, extremely important in how I run my day-to-day life and how I run my business and having containers around my calendar. So I also have to have a container on that. So I have to have those boundaries in place when someone tries to get on my calendar or when someone tries to interrupt my calendar. You know, I have to look at my calendar and then I have to make a decision. Am I going to allow that to happen or not? And that's a that's a boundary I've had to put in place. And most of the time I'm saying no. You know, most of the time I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm not negotiating my calendar anymore. I used to negotiate it all the time. And man, did I have leaky containers. So um, by getting really, really strict with my calendar, I have been able to up level in all ways of my life. Just the way that I am going through my day. I know what my day looks like. I'm not going through flying by the seat of my pants anymore. Um, I am able to say no with ease. Um, and I would just say that it has allowed space for me to actually create what I want in that up-leveling experience. So if I want to take my business to the next level, if I want to take my health and wellness to the next level, I'm creating it first on my calendar. You know, I'm creating the space for that thing to happen, for that to occur. So um, that's how I would I would answer that is first and foremost is through my calendar and creating really, really, really tight containers. The other thing that I've done is I've really began to understand my key roles. So in my business, for example, you know, I have a team. I have a team of people that help me. I have assistants. I have people that, um, you know, work for the company. And I understand my role and I understand their role. And I try to keep those fairly separate. Like, it's really important that April, me, I stay in my queen bee roles is what I like to call them. And those are the things that only I can do. I can't get my team to do them. They are not, they're not things that they can do. Like the team cannot get on this, this podcast and record the episodes. That is one of my queen bee roles is that I have to record the episode. Nobody, I can't outsource that, right? And so really understanding what are the things that I have to take care of each week because only April can take care of it. They're part of my queen bee roles. And those queen bee roles are pivotal to the, to the business. They're really important. They are the needle movers that move us forward towards our goals. So that would be um, another thing that I would add to that question. But I love that question. What are the boundaries that have allowed you to level up? Once again, take this question for yourself and 
examine where you have boundaries and where where are some of your containers leaking it's a really good thing to evaluate both like i said in your in your career and your profession your work and in your personal life in terms of some of the goals that you have um with your relationships your spirituality your health and wellness whatever it may be your finances that's another good one to evaluate for sure um oh this is such a good question from Jennifer Cook um, she asked, did you have a limiting belief that held you back from having a successful business at one point? And the answer is, uh, yes, most definitely. I had more than one limiting belief. Probably the biggest, um, this is kind of a double-sided loaded answer, but the biggest limiting belief that I had that really kept me from growing my business and having you know, the level of success that I'm having now, um, the biggest thing that held me back for the longest time were a lot of money stories, a lot of, um, what my friend Alexandra Decatur calls abundance blockers. And I was holding on to this money story that just number one, it wasn't even my story. (laughs) It was a story that I grew up with, with my parents. And, Um, I actually share this story in detail on one of the episodes. Um, It's actually the episode with Alexandra Takeda. And I will be more than happy to link that up in the episode too, in the show notes so that you can go back and actually listen to me share the entire story. But, uh, you know, the highlighted version is, is um, I just had adopted this belief from my parents had experienced um, some financial distress in while I was growing up. They had great successful businesses. They were very successful entrepreneurs and they experienced some financial downfalls. Um, And during that, I took on a story that um, I was also going to have that same experience when I grew up, right? I just assumed their story to be my own. And as I got into being an adult and running a business and, and, and navigating my career, I, I always capped myself. I, I limited myself from being able to grow to the next level because I carried this story around like a ball and chain. And I, and it was a story that was just like, I wasn't smart enough that if I, if I had success that somehow I would be um, irresponsible with it. That if I gained money, if I got money, I've got business, my business grew that I would somehow screw it up. Right. Because it was just a story that I, from my very young perspective, that was the the vision I saw of my parents, even though that wasn't even really true of them either. But that was what my young, my younger self saw. And that's how I interpreted their story, which then obviously turned it into a story for myself. That was never my story. It was never my story. So um, that most definitely was one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I had is that I basically was never going to be smart enough and responsible enough to have the success that I desired. And once I broke through that belief and I debunked it and I examined it and I called it out for what it was, which was just a bunch of junk, then I started to heal that story and work through it. You know, I started to be able to catch myself quicker when those thoughts would run through my head. And I would, I began to um, make some decisions in my business, like a boss, you know, like I decided to start wearing the CEO pants and I decided to start to show up differently, not as someone who was scared of her business, but who was excited about her business. And 
that really, really, really did bring down a whole bunch of walls for me. And honestly, that's when the floodgates of my business occurred. That's when they all like, that's when the massive business growth happened is once I did that work. And, um, it's been powerful. It's been, it's been transformational. It's been honestly life-changing. I'm not the same person that I was 10 years ago who was, who was carrying that story around. I, I live so much freer. Um, number one, I have more money in the bank than I've ever had, which is like, holy cow, how'd that happen? Right? Well, it happened because I did the work. I did the work and I'm able to lead my business now. Um, from the standpoint of a CEO, like I said, I have people on my team. I have, you know, I have a staff and, and, you know, like I, I would have never felt that I was smart enough or responsible enough to lead other people in that way. But all of that has changed. All of that has changed because I did that work. So that was my biggest limiting belief. The biggest negative story that I carried around for a big chunk of my early adulthood, um, and finally began to heal that story really about five or six years ago. And that's when everything changed. So that breakthrough was huge. Um, it was huge, but I will link up that episode. If you want to go listen to me, share that story a little bit more. That's definitely been a big inside story that I have shared on the podcast. And Jennifer's follow-up question is, um, what's your definition of success? Another great question for you to answer as well, because I know we all define success differently and everyone has their own version of what success is for them. So my definition of success may not be your definition of success and that's okay, right? Like, cause we are all on our own journey and it doesn't really matter. As long as you know what success is for you, then you can make a goal of achieving that. But for me, I would say number one, my definition of success is, is being happy and being surrounded by people that I love and admire. That feels really rich and rewarding to me, to me, number one, to be happy, to not wait on happiness to arrive, to not wait on success, to be like some, some symbol of success to be what gives me happiness. But happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. And I choose to be happy. Even though not everything in my life is perfect because it's never going to be perfect. And there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be things that are, you know, rubbing me the wrong way or challenging me or causing me some pain and heartache. I mean, those things are always going to be on the journey of life. And even through all of that, I can also be happy. I can choose happiness. So a big way in which I support myself in being happy and choosing happiness is choosing who I spend time with choosing who I spend, you know, who I spend, who the people that are around me, so to speak, right? Like it's my family. It's people that I admire. It's people who I think are pretty cool people, people who challenge me to think bigger. Um, I don't spend my time with negative Debbie downers. I don't spend my time with people who are, you know, playing at a really small level. Um, because it doesn't, it doesn't serve me. It doesn't challenge me. It doesn't, it doesn't stir me up. And I find a lot of great joy in, in, in being around people who stimulate me. And so being happy is, uh, first of all, it's a choice. It's a decision that I make to be happy with myself, to own who I am, own my story, right. And to be 
to be happy in my own skin, I think is another big one. Um, you know, there's, and I say this so humbly as I age, uh, you know, I'm nearing the 50 year mark, which is a big milestone for a lot of women. And I have really had to look in the mirror and embrace the April that is 49 and a half years old. You know, I, my physical appearance has changed over the years. There's definitely more lines of aging. There's more gray hair. There's more, you know, puffiness around my belly. There's all of those things. And I look in the mirror and I, and I, and I'm happy with her. I'm happy with that April. I know that she's doing her very best. Um, and I don't criticize her near like I used to do when I was younger. So I've really just chosen to be happy and, um, and really embrace how I spend my time with the people that I love and the people that I admire. And most specifically too, doing the work that lights me up. I mean, that brings a great amount of joy into my world is doing the work that I love. So light beamers is a big part of my happiness because I've created it and I choose it. But I love that question of what your definition of success is. And for me, it's just being happy. Okay, Ria Cubero writes in and says, what's been the hardest part of your journey so far? Well, I would say if we're talking, I don't know, I think that I have a lot of different journeys. Um, so I'm going to answer this question from just a business standpoint, the journey of, of, of the work that I do in the world. And I would say that the hardest part so far has been just figuring out all the pieces. Um, I think that continues to be some of the hardest things, right? We're, we're faced with so many options today. We have, you don't have to look very far and into the noise that's out there to be offered up a bajillion different ways to do one thing, right? Everyone's got an opinion and there's an expert and a guru on every corner um, offering up the best solution, the way to do it, the way to, you know, have success and all of those things. And I have found that to be tricky to navigate. And there have been times when I have fallen prey to that and I have gotten off course thinking that thing was going to be the answer. <laughs> and there are times when I'm much, much better at going inward and listening to my own higher self, give the, give that direction. Um, and, you know, getting really good at listening to myself, listening to my own intuition, listening to the direction that I get from my higher being, you know, God has been always the right decision for me. I have always found that now when I have leaned into that, that I have stayed on course and really beautiful things have unfolded. When I have gone astray from that and I have let other people's opinions and um, expertness, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word, expertness, but you know, them being the expert and telling me everything that I should be doing. When I lean into that too much and I, I lose my way. So the hardest part has just been navigating that because our world, um, and especially today with the internet, social media, and all of those things, we are inundated. We are inundated with that stuff. And here's the thing. It's really hard as someone who also is putting her work out into the world 
it's really hard sometimes for me to reconcile with the fact that I know that sometimes I'm contributing to the noise, right? Because I'm sharing what Lightbeamers has going on. I'm sharing the offers that I have to do this work with me. Um, I try very carefully not to position anything that I have by using some sort of marketing tactic that says, this is the only way you're ever going to be successful. I'm very cautious not to do that. Um, I don't know if that I'm perfect at that, but it's something that I'm, I'm painfully aware of is that I'm often, you know, in, in, um, sort of some sort of conflict around I'm contributing to the noise and I'm also a consumer of that noise. So I'm also having to navigate the noise, right? So that's been the hardest thing for me, both to navigate that noise and to reconcile myself with the fact that I know that in some way I also contribute to the noise and I don't want to. I don't want to contribute to the noise, but I know that I also want to help people. And so I have to find a way to balance that and by getting my offers out into the world without it coming across as really stupid marketing that says, you know, that my way is the only way because my way is not the only way. I just want to say that right now. I know a lot about storytelling. I know a lot about visibility. I'm really good at all of those things. And I can help a lot of people navigate that world. But by no means am I the only one teaching it. And by no means am I the best. I mean, you know, I, I, there are a lot of other great people that do it their way. And their way may be better for some people. So I know that there are more than one ways to skin a cat. And I try to always keep that in mind, both as a consumer and as someone who, who puts her work out into the world, um, which is also why I subscribe to the philosophy of community over competition, right? I just don't really believe I have any competition. I, I think my only competition is myself, honestly. So a great question from Maria, what has been the hardest part of my journey so far? Um, and then she has a follow-up question, which has been, what's been the best part of my journey so far? And this one is so easy for me to answer. The best part of my journey so far has been all of the members of my community and all of the clients that I get to serve and all of those stories that I get to bear witness to. Um, the, the people that come on this podcast and share their story, the people that are inside the Light Beamers community who are showing up regularly and sharing their story and the clients that I get to work with at a deep level, working on their story and getting their story um, out into the world. Man, I mean, it's like candy to me. It's like, sh it's like my favorite candy going to the movie theater are those hot tamale candies, those cinnamon candies. I mean, growing up as a kid and still to this day, I keep a stash of the hot tamale candies in my bedside table. <laughs> There's an inside story for you. But that is my favorite candy. And doing this work feels like eating hot tamales all day. Like it is the best. And it's kind of spicy, right? It's kind of spicy and exciting. It kind of tingles my mouth. Um, so yeah, that's what it feels like. That's the best part. Um. Okay, Pamela writes in, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow, grew up? And that's such a great question. And it's one that I don't remember. I don't, well, I do have an answer that I'm going to give you in just a minute. But I don't remember growing up ever thinking, like as a seven-year-old or 12-year-old, I don't recall having big ideas of what I wanted to be when I grew up. I don't think I... I don't know if I just didn't have a lot of pressure to think about that. Or when people asked me that question, I was just like, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I, 
I just don't have a recollection of that. Um, the first time I ever really remember thinking this is what I want to be when I grow grow up was uh, when I was in high school, and it was actually when I was began the process of applying for colleges, and I um, I started looking at marine biology, which is so funny because I'm not a science person at all, but I really thought that it would be fun to swim in the ocean and work with whales and dolphins and things like that. Um, and so that was the first time I ever really remember thinking, oh, that would be cool. You know, I want to be a marine biologist when I grow up, which is like the furthest thing from being a journalist and a storyteller. Uh, but that was really one of my first memories. But it, I don't think that really happened until high school. But I love that question. It's a good, 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 good question. Um, okay. What tips would you give for a happy and fulfilling work-life balance? And I'm going to answer this so simply. My tip on that would be to do what you love. Um, and when you do what you love, you're going to live what you love, right? When you do what you love, you're going to live what you love. And I would just say, chase after that thing, whatever it is, the work in the world you do, volunteer work that you do, mission work that you do, just whatever that thing is that lights you up whatever that career is, profession or business, whatever it is, chase after that. Do that thing that truly excites you and remember to just play, have playtime and laugh and take vacations. <laughs> that would be my, my, my best advice, but it really is just doing what you love and then you'll get to live what you love. Um, and that has been the case for me. I've been doing this work a long time because I've always loved doing it. Um, and then I have one last question that I'm going to answer, and this comes from Debbie Adams, and it is, um, as a course creator, when you bring on team members, how do you figure out the compensation? Now, this is a really granular question, and I really appreciate that, Debbie. Um, and I, I just want to answer that because I want to share my experience with bringing on team members and how I've been able to structure that. There are a lot of different ways to do it. So once again, there are more than one ways to skin a cat. And that's an old saying, and I don't even know what that really means. But, you know, there's more than one way to do it. And so I'm going to share what I've done, but it's not the only way. I want to say that again. But there are ways that you could commission them. You can commission them on results. So it could be based on leads or sales or conversions or projects completed. You could just commission them by project, right? Like hiring freelancers is a great way to do it. But if you're bringing people on full time, you could also give them a small base plus commission that's going to help them be invested in the growth of the business. You could also start out with an hourly rate and just hire for a few hours at a time. And then as your business grows, you can add more hours and then also continue to give that person more hours. That is definitely one way that you can do it. You can look for foreign exchange rates um, and hire according to that. This has been really beneficial to me and my business. I actually have a team and a majority of my team comes from the Philippines and India because I am able to pay them a really healthy wage um, that is affordable to me and extremely beneficial to them simply because of the foreign exchange rates. And so that's a really smart way to look at hiring a team member. So that is what's worked for me. Those are some of the inside stories that I would share with you. I have loved getting these questions. I hope that a few of these questions also are prompting you 
to think about your own answers uh, in the work that you do or the way you live your life, whatever it is that you are creating in the world, all of those things. Um, these are really great questions. And I, I love you all so much for sending in these questions for me. This is a full episode of Inside Stories. I feel like a lot of little ins and outs of uh, of what we do here at Light Beamers and sort of getting into April's brain a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure if my brain is, is digestible, but I'm sharing some of it with you today and hopefully some of it made sense and at least sparked a, an idea or two for you. So uh, this was fun. We may do this again down the road. You can be on the lookout for communication about that in the Light Beamers community. If I want to gather some more questions, we may do this again. You can always send questions my way. You can email me at april at lightbeamers.com or connect with me on social media and just send me a DM. I always love meeting new listeners of the podcast. So you can um, follow me at lightbeamers on Instagram. Um, and send me a direct message there. I'm very active there. So I would love to just have you say hello, just say hello and tell me your name. Tell me where you're from. Tell me what you got going on in the world. I'd love to connect. I hope you guys enjoyed this so much. Um, I enjoyed your questions and I enjoyed thinking about them as I prepared for the show. Lots of fun inside stories to share with you today. All right. That's what I have for you today on the Inside Story Podcast. Of course, we will be back next week with another amazing, thoughtful, story-filled episode. Until then, don't forget to think about your own story and how you can be sharing it with other people so that you can shine a light out into the world. Have a great one. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too, so be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.